Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Two Half Squads. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm Dennis. How about that? We have a third in the foxhole tonight. So it's the Three Half Squads this evening. Yes. Dennis has traveled all the way from where, Dennis? Dude, California. Wow. And you could tell by your long hair and your surfboard. Dude, do I have the tan? I have a look? Yes, you do. Guests of the Two Half Squads stay at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare, courtesy of the Two Half Squads. If you would like to be a guest on our show, send us $150 a day for a month. And you may recognize Dennis's name. He certainly has written a lot of the songs that we recorded back in our glory day when things were really creative and churning out stuff. Here. We're still... What? We're not... Uh, oh, no, no comedy bit tonight, Jeff? I did it. We have one in our heads. <laughs> okay. The, true no theater song, of the mind. No song tonight. No. Okay. So no. we've kind of fallen off the creativity wagon. Yeah. But we're glad to have you here, Dennis. I'm glad to be here. Thanks yeah. for the invite. Been looking yeah. forward to it. And the fact that you flew all the way out here just to be on our show is really nice. Yeah. Boy, are my arms tired. I'm just yeah. going to jump on that Whoa. one. Whoa. Ah, beat you to it. <laughs> now, at about about 30 minutes in to the episode, I know you're going to say, well, I'm going to say to you, well, I know you have another, uh, you know, a lot of other stuff going on, so we're going to let you go so you can get to your other shows like you're re- some really important. <laughs> That's your, hang on, let me get this call. It's my agent. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, here we go. This is episode 122. This is the, uh, the show 100% dedicated to the greatest game in the world. Advanced Squad Leader. Today is August 4th. Correct. 2014. Yes. And... Uh, well, it's and okay. <laughs> and that, then that'll be it. That'll be All it. Right, bye, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> we're t- okay, so I, no, I couldn't find show. annuals. What was the one we were going to do? We were going to do 96. 96. Yeah. And I made a lot of notes in it, and so I'm kind of at a loss there. So we better start with just some banter, I suppose, yeah. to it fill kind of the time. Yeah. And then we'll see what we come up with. I just Just going back to the... Get that cat out of here. <laughs> that, that's a rat. Look at the tail. What he's doing. So one thing we found we had in common is models as well as advanced squad leader. That's Dennis, true. You... Like, like uh, modeling, uh, like lingerie models you're talking <laughs> yes, about? Yes, we all like yeah, models. Did you tell by the way I walked on the yeah. stairs? Very nice. Yeah, like the 135th scale ones you have over there? Oh, Yeah. Yes, those models, which I will build someday. How, how is that coming, Jeff? That's moving right along, Dave. I restacked the boxes. Well, you put the parts back in the box from the one you were building. Yes, I did. That's because when I get really get started on it, they'll be nice and clean. So who did the the vampire and the invisible man guy? That's my that was, word. That, that was, was you. Oh. And I have them at home, of course. And, and uh, I had an experience with a friend who came over to the basement and... Um, Stopped and looked at my new Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde model, newly completed, and asked questions about it. Because Dennis, as he came in, was talking about looking at Jeff's books and games and trying not to be too prying. Is that what you were thinking? Exactly. Working at a bookstore, I'm curious to see what people read and how they arrange their stuff, the squalider stuff. So it's kind of not awkward, almost taboo, but you're right, it's nice to share and have a fellow... Appreciator. Appreciator. Yeah, because I think so, too. This guy, Justin, came down and, again, asked questions about the model, yeah. even to the way I got the liquid in the bottle to go at an angle, and that just makes you feel darn That's good. That's got to make you feel good. appreciates the things you have and enjoy. Yeah. 
Especially when you have people over that make no comments about anything. <laughs> I have. It sounds like I complain about my friends a lot on this show. Well, Maybe I should do like a Dr. Phil show. But I have friends that come over, never ask me a thing. Nothing. Not about and books. They come in the basement? About, yes. Not a word. Huh. Nothing. They, they don't say it's nice. They don't say they hate it. They don't say, what are all those books? They don't say, what is all this cardboard stuff laying out here? Or not, not a word. That's, that's amazing to me because yeah. I've asked you about that painting over there. Yeah. I remember and asking you about your setup. And when it changes with your computer, your workstation, yeah. I ask you about that. And, of course, the books, we have yeah. even exchanged books. Yeah. But I think it's weird when people come over and they don't say it. They're, I think they're narcissists. That's that's what I think. thinking about themselves. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, so is that a flower? A oh no, that's the narcissist nightshade. I oh. think there is a flower called narcissist. Narcissist. Belladonna. Narcissist. Something? Narcissist. Something like that. <laughs> well, that's wolfsbane. Oh yeah. No, I'm, it's dandelions. What does that material components we're talking about? No, you lost me. Are we into D and D or squad leader now? Well, I wanted to ask you about the modeling. You said you had this great opportunity to get a bunch of models. Oh, my God. Friend of a friend turned me on to someone who, I think the story was he had him in the garage, and the wife said, we need to get rid of these models. And <laughs> so in order not to lose any more wife points, so I showed up with a truck, and we filled up this U-Haul van full of models, and off I went. I mean, and these were all unbuilt. For the, it was some of everything, still in the boxes, some built, some were teasers, like the one third, one sixteenth scale radio-controlled Sherman from Tamiya. I used to go to the hobby oh, store. Oh, that's pray right. To that I thing. remember that thing. And I opened up the box, and it was like on the gong show. Oh, nothing Just in there? Nothing. Oh. oh. I was crushed. But, but the price was right. Yeah, for shopping. I go shopping in my garage now. Oh, yeah, one of those, <laughs> one of those. And in fact, I've got all of those over there. I'll make a deal on some models. Free shipping. Really? Really. Planes, I need more. Tank, yeah. I could use more models. Planes, to keep tanks. these models, yeah. And yeah. automobiles? Company. Not so much. Well, without decals. I've got some without decals. I never did. I never liked models. I mean, I mean car models. And you no know, monster models. No, those, those uh, are premium. Because the, the new ones out were the Herman Munster and Grandpa. They have them both. I, I think I mentioned this on another show. They're newly out from Monarch Models or... Is it Polar Lights? The guys who are doing all the... That's the one. Polar Lights, yes. Yeah. I think we did mention this on the previous show, didn't we? And Grandpa. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I asked you if uh, Lily... Not Lily, but... uh, What was the daughter's name? Marianne? No one can remember the daughter. Ginger? No, no, that's the wrong show. Anyway. No. I get the two mixed up. Yeah. The Adams Family and that other one. Yeah. Which was the... um, Monsters. Monsters. Yeah. Yeah, Adams Family was... Thing, right. the hand in the box, right. the box. Right. And cousin it, cousin it, yeah. Lurch, lurch, you ring. Yep. But this is a. Uh, <laughs> but we digress. I, I and uh, I don't know why. You know, I wanted to go back to just to mention last episode because I edited last episode. Ah, yes. And uh, the word coxswain came up. Yes, it did. Yes. And it is actually spelled Coxswain. With an X? Yeah. C-O-X-S-A-I-N-W-A-I-N. Coxswain, which is is the way you pronounced it. But it's pronounced Coxswain. 
It is pronounced coxswain. Yes. I think at school I don't want to pronounce it that way because I teach eighth graders. Oh, yeah, and they would giggle. Yes. Yeah, you don't right. want to bring too much giggle. Naval terminology to the forecastle, that's the only word in the English language yes. that has three apostrophes. And it's spelled out for sick, pardon me, forecastle. But if you look at the, the books, yeah, like um, Moby Dick. Master and Commander, Moby oh. Dick, the naval wooden ships, Iron Men kind of one, it's, it's like folksicle or something. So you probably it's want to folks- stay away oh. from that one too. Your folks- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have a field day with that one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's folksle. I remember that from a previous life. So we like to be correct. We like to go back. We have errata from our previous episodes. And we're going to start having this little time every show where we go back and correct all our mistakes. I don't know. Do we have enough time to do that? We do. We do. In fact, when I did listen to the show you posted, I thought, I'm not really sure how that is pronounced. Why am I chiming in? Yeah. Because you're indefatigable. (laughs) Yes, that's that's probably why. Yeah, that's exactly why. So, yeah, we corrected that. And then the, the, what I wanted to correct for myself was I was trying to remember what it was that attaches to a pillbox on, in Tarawa. Uh, and we oh, were saying, what, it wasn't you know, a was it an entrenchment or a tunnel? It's a passage. Passage. I could not say the word passage last episode, and I don't know why. But from now on, I will. And, of course, the big mistake from last episode with the overlay. Or was that oh, yes. two shows ago? Two shows ago. The I called it a layover. Overlay seven. Oh yes, the big mis- Yes, this is huge. Definitely. I can't believe it is it. really huge. Yeah, but I thought I looked it was at a- it again. I thought, well, Brush and Marsh look too much alike. At first, we th- didn't we think it was forest. Woods. At first? Jeff said, we oh, thought it was wood. Look, it's a giant forest. wood. We so then I talked woods. about Finland and up- yeah. upcoming supposed uh, right. game the coming out soon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's thought, oh, well, woods, you'll need a lot of woods for that yeah, one. Of course, it won't be included Tales in Tales of the Vienna it's... Woods or something. And then I looked at it closer and, and laughed and said, Jeff, this is uh, brush. Yeah, it's brush. And I thought, oh, brush. Okay, yeah, brush, of course. And then the one listener, of our, yeah, listener wrote. left the note going, guys, it's marsh. Yeah. So it's a mega overlay of marsh with a path going through it. Yeah. From Action Pack, whatever. I didn't know if you were we were swamped with all those questions or needed to brush yeah. up on the rules. Yeah. Couldn't see the woods for the trees, but it sounds like you got it sorted out. Finally. <laughs> we we certainly did have all those problems going on. Yeah. And we stand corrected. <sighs> How embarrassing. Which is so what are you gonna call that part of the show? Because you have, you know, letters, you have box art review, what do you call the errata, like Jeffrey says or something like that? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It has a ring to it, yeah. We'll have to come up with something. Yeah. And with some music. Wah wah. <laughs> something like that. Oh, and then the other thing I just wanted to mention, this occurred to me, and it, stuff occurs to me as I'm editing the show, stuff I should have said. Well, and sure. We, <laughs> we mentioned that there was a guy, a guy wrote in a letter and said that he had been collecting all the blue paper from all of the modules. Yes. And he's got it all, and he would be, you know, he would send it to you, and you said, don't bother sending it to me, it's too much to ship all that. Correct. But it occurred to me, he could fax it to you. <laughs> It was a long way to go, Jeff. Well, you have a color fax. Why not? Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. Okay. That was it. 
Well, why don't we get on with some letters? I couldn't find our regular letters music. That's really horrible. People, all right. People all over the world are shutting us off right now. <laughs> yeah, this, this whole episode is going say, down. Yeah. Yeah. Lost for words. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Let's move on. <laughs> That's our new addition to the show. I paid $3 for this. Nice, huh? The bell? Yeah, the bell. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Well, let's uh, get on with letters. Actually, I think I've got our regular music here. Hang on, folks. Oh. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> You're off. Shoot. This is the fast Shoot. version. And it, the bell's not always where you think it's coming. Uh, no, it's true. That first one I didn't recognize. So this one this one rings a bell, though. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I give up. Wait till you hear me play I Got Rhythm. All right, yeah, then. Yeah, okay. I have a letter from Pablo Garcia. See? He says that uh, he likes the movie reviews. The one we did was quite good. Better than box art review. But he wow. says kidding. Oh, Just okay, good. kidding. Okay, okay. Okay. It was close. He would very much recommend Downfall, Der Untertag in German. Didn't we do Downfall? I think, well, I, I know we talked about it. And that's a great movie. That is really a great movie. There's not a lot of squad leader type stuff in there, though. No, but it is a great movie. Yeah. And he recommends Letters from Evil, which I have not seen yet, so I'll have to put that on the list. Yes. And we, our list keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger oh, the more we yeah. talk about doing movie reviews um, and not do anything about it. There's a, there's a good movie coming up, I think released this fall with Brad Pitt, called Fury, about a tank crew, Sherman tank crew, five guys in a tank. At the uh, in the last days of the war, and it uh, looks pretty spectacular. So I'm looking forward to that. Got a letter here from Nelson Asada. Yeah, he sent the discs. Did we cover that last show? Actually, I think we did. Yeah, the phase discs. I think it, we left it started to link it on the show. Well, that's why we didn't. <laughs> Wonder if that because happened. when we say we're going to, we then don't. we don't. Yeah. Uh, I've got the link, though, so I'll put it in. And, Dennis, do you have a letter? I do. Oh, my goodness. Get a load of this. We have a letter from the President of the United States. What, another one? Another <laughs> letter from the President? Another. This is, like, what, 404, I think? Everybody stand. Well, Hale, what does he say? Get a load of this. Dear two half-squads, on behalf of Michelle and myself, we are pleased to hear you're now gluten-free. Besides improving the game of thousands of ASL players worldwide, promoting the hobby, and bringing joy and mirth to many, you've also managed to encourage healthy, prudent diet choices. Job well done, men. Sincerely, our president, Barack Obama. Wow. Wow. Is he the president still? Yes. He won a second term. I need to watch the news a little yeah, more Yeah, didn't you often, have him here when he was in Chicago? You met him at the bookstore and... <laughs> 
think he, he was played here, that wasn't Streets he? of Stalingrad, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm sure he did. And we got a letter here from uh, Rick. Here's a link to info about a British aircraft carrier called the HMS Indefatigable. How'd I do? Perfect. Indefatigable. It is a one of a uh, one of a series of British ships of the same name dating back to the age of the sail. For some reason, I thought you might be interested to see this. Maybe because you know how to pronounce the name. Ha ha. Keep up the good work, Rick. Yeah, HMS Indefatigable. I think everybody should be practicing that. That's true. Now, Whatever put, floats your boat. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put a link to that. You're going to have to leave. <laughs> well, I'll be here all weekend, folks. <laughs> Not if I can help it. All right, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. That's cool, though, indefatigable. Yeah, they had a lot of ships that started with an I. The Dauntless, for instance. Right, well, the they, indiscriminate. Yeah. The, the, the SS Minnow. No, the Dauntless doesn't start with an I. No, the no. idiot. The, yeah, the idiot, yeah. <laughs> Named after me. Yeah. yeah, me too. The imbecile. Old Ironsides. <laughs> so, there we Ironsides, go. Ironsides. Great no, British ship. That was Raymond Burr. Oh, that was, that was a different yeah, ship. That, that. <laughs> All right. And we're old enough to remember that. Yes, we are. I have a letter from Dave Cass. Uh, hi, hey guys. My name is Dave Cass. I live in Berlin, Germany, and I'm fairly new to ASL and your podcast. I recently got hold of For King and Country and couldn't get my head around the instructions for using attacking gliders in the ASL rulebook. I'm sure, I'm sure he's the only one. What was it? Go ahead. That's, yeah. And, Rem- remind me to tell you something later. <laughs> How's that for good broadcasting? Dennis, remind me to remind him to tell, him so- <laughs> tell us something later. Something about the pants? <laughs> he found, he, oh, fortunately, he found a link to the show and tell we did on gliders on YouTube. Oh, Jeffrey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a big thank you for that. I first tried scenario Tabernitis Bridge, which was great fun entry to gliders, but I really wanted to get it stuck into 94, Balfour's Bashing, because my old Royal Air Force Squadron, number 33, was based at Melim. Is that how we say it? That's how you say it. (laughs) Gesundheit. When the German gliders and parachutists appeared out of the heavens, I noticed that for Balfour's Bashing, many had questioned the balance as the New Zealand... Is that how we say that, too? That's how you say it. Side invariably won. Having seen some after-action reports, and many planes of the German side seemed to try landing on areas where some distance from the airfield and then work their way into the airfield, being attacked as they advance toward the airfield. That's how I've played it, with the Germans coming from further away. He's saying, if I, I've been to Malim, and if you look at the old World War II photos, the airfield's full of scattered gliders. I've run the scenario three times, and won every time as a German, by landing all my gliders in two groups on or around either end of the main runway depicted on the map. So he's landing in a lot closer than I had done when I originally was playing the scenario. And I know um, my friend did win with the Germans just on the last die roll. I think they have to come up and take a building. If it's not that one, then I'm thinking of Travernitis Bridge. But anyway, one, there's a good chance the end New Zealand... AA guns will be facing outwards, and therefore there are plus VE dyro modifiers for changing covered arcs of fire. Well, so they would have pluses. Two, the moderate dust in that scenario gives a plus one DRM, which reduces chances of taking hits or um, with the gliders anyway. And three, as an airfield, there's lots of clear space along the approach path. So a little chance of uh, crash landing. 
Four, there's a good chance that any glider taking avoiding action will still be close to the targets. Five, by landing at or near the guns, once your troops deploy, you're practically on top of the New Zealand troops. I may got lucky dice through three games, and when I try it, I could be a bloodbath, but who knows, but I would recommend you and the listeners having a go at it one night and see what happens. Either way, it should be a quick game with lots to learn on both sides, regardless of the result. Hmm. Tell me that scenario name again. I missed that part. That was 93 and 94. 93 was Tavernitis Bridge. 94 was Beaufort's Bashing. And I thought there was a third one that put them both together, if I'm remembering correctly, from the early annuals. We had referred, I, mean, I think we already reviewed those annuals. They were probably reprinted in King and Country, maybe? I don't know. I can see the words coming out of your mouth, but I simply don't know what they mean. And no one would really know. Somebody would know. If Somebody's going to know. reprinted in King and Country. Yeah. Someone could do a quick search of the product online while Dennis prepares to read a letter. Let me do it. Oh, boy. That's indefatigable with the I. Oh, well, no wonder. Try Google Translate, maybe. No, I can't find anything, Dave. Oh, okay. I would like to remind everyone that this show is brought to you by kind donations from listeners like Ken. Ken. Thank you, Ken. Yeah. You know, we like kind donations, but if you want to send us a nasty donation, that's just as good. Money is money. We'll take it, too. Yeah. Also. If you hate us, send more. Show how much you dislike us. Pay us to get off the air. Yeah, we got one more letter from... Jackson Kwan. Here Wait a go. minute. Let me play the Jackson Kwan National Anthem. No, don't wait for me. Do I have to stand up? And Jackson says, Hey, folks, how are you? I got in Toronto last night and unwrapped the OBA playing card you sent. It's great. I posted a photo immediately on Facebook along with the other ASL goodies I got. Thanks again. Warm regards, Jack. Glad his experience was good. Dennis, Mine. didn't you order a deck? Oh, my God. <laughs> I did. The service was excellent. Customer service. The price was good. But they're cursed. Really? Honest to God. I've been playing a lot of Dassel scenarios lately. We played one called The Taste of Things to Come. OBA, flamethrowers, air support, heavy-duty stuff. So, of course, my field phone, I get all of the OBA cards, roll of box cards. It's not the dice. The cards curse the dice. Yeah. And, of course, my first repair attempt was a six. Oh. And I had to put the lid back on the box. You could hear the cards snickering in there. Yeah. Really? Yeah, so so you can send a replacement deck, right? No. Yeah. Satisfaction unless, guaranteed unless oh, we decide. You want to trade for Jeff's deck. Is that fine print on there? That's Jeff's yeah. deck. Oops. Oh, as is. Oh, well. You win some, you lose some. Yeah. It's Uh-oh. no big deal. <laughs> so the... Uh, playing cards are out, sold out, gone. Yeah, they're done. gone. They may make a return in maybe a year or so. We'll talk, but yeah. For now, when Dave, at, when you say stuff to me like that, it's like we don't know. It's like suddenly they'll just spring from the ground. You know, well, like if we water, they can be reordered. They can be. They can, they can be. be. You mean we can reorder them? We can reorder. Or do them. we have to wait for somebody else to reorder them? Well, we need people to want to buy them okay. and we think that most everyone that wanted to buy them has bought them ah so but all right so, so if you want a deck and you don't have a deck and we don't have it yet write us anyway and we'll put you on a list and if we get enough people on the list then we'll order more 
That is that right? Could be true, except I'm tired of mailing them out. Right oh, now. that's right. Yeah, you're tired. So, and I, you didn't want to pick up the mailing duty, did you, on the OBA cards? Um, yeah, I would do it one time. A, a deck that would be six decks. Yeah, six decks. Right. Okay, yeah, I could handle that. And Jeff would mail them out. Yeah. But in the meantime, what should they be ordering? They should be ordering T-shirts. That's golf right, sh- folks. Golf shoes. The two half squads golf shoes. Golf shoes. So I'm sporting my T-shirt. And the problem with T-shirt orders is we are out of large and extra large already. Yeah. Sold out. And they run a mediums? bit large. We In do stock? have mediums still. I'll take one. They're at my house, though. I'll have to go get it for you. Which is possible. Um, yeah. <laughs> to save your shipping costs. And uh, we have lots of 2XLs. And some 3XLs. Really? Because last time, people complained we didn't order enough of those, so this time I ordered too many of those. Well, I can think of several uh, ASL players who need the 3XL, but I'm not going to name their names. And if it isn't you, you should still buy one for them. Yeah. As a gift, because right. what's coming up or, right after Halloween? What holiday's next? Blimp Day? <laughs> what? Christmas. Well, oh, Oh, I say the blimp thing. That would be a good year for sales yes. if we could get a lot of those shirts out there. <laughs> Christmas starts oh, okay. right after Halloween. Oh, oh. that's right. Oh, wait, back up. The shirt size, you should have like star, normal, L, and double L. It just seems... Fits yeah, right that's that true. Yeah. notes thing. Yeah. Christmas. So, Christmas? Yeah, Christmas. Dave's making a big push to sell those 2XLs and 3X. But also, we've started a section on the email where we will keep a list of people who would be interested in the large or extra large shirts still, even though we don't have them. Yeah, let us know. We'll put you on a waiting list. We'll put you on a list. I'm not sure. They're harder to get than the cards, believe it or not. I know a guy who makes it. <laughs> I know a guy. The hey, cards I, we order hey, from. I got a guy. Who I got a guy. Talk to later. So, so anyway, let us know if you want to get on the waiting list for product. May may reappear or may not. Yeah. Or certainly if you're going to get those large shirts for your friends or yourself. Do yeah. the shirts shrink when you wash them? You know, actually, these are a little bit on the larger size from the first set. Did you ever get one of the early ones? I did not. The reason I asked is I was going to be helpful and do some housework, and I washed the drapes. And, well, um, there's going to be a new movie come out called Honey, I Shrunk the Drapes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's curtains for me, guys. Yes. Hey. Oh. <laughs> hey, and... <laughs> And I think that everyone would look good in an extra baggy shirt anyway. That's all the style, right? Please. Yeah, I think it is. to your knees. Yeah. It's something you can wear with a friend. I mean, they're really huge. Hi, Jeff and Dave. Just wanted to let you know that the donation from his email address was from me. I have no idea if my name shows up. In any case, I've listened to just about 95% of your podcast, so I suppose it's time to show some support and appreciation. Wish I could give more. Well, we appreciate your donation, Ken. It was very nice of you. Dave, I'm returning. I am a returning player, so I've had to repurchase all my official products over the last year, which means I have this little stack of blue sheets. That's the person who offered the blue sheets. You can go to the next paragraph. Whatever should I do with them? Replay the beginning of the show. Jeff, glad to see you've come so far since your beginning days of the podcast with regard to victories. You are my inspiration. I started about one in fifteen. Oh, oh yeah, one in fifteen. Yeah, when I got back to the game last year, I've played about fifty to sixty scenarios so far, and think I've even made it to bitter ender. 
managed a respectable 3-4 record. At a tournament. That's very nice. Impressive growth. I think I still have a total of about 10 wins. But still, that's nice. Keep up the great work, guys. Your show is truly a treasure. My favorite parts are the interviews with and the What Have You Been Playing Lately, of which I love both the musical intros. What's in the box is next, then letters, then rules. All of those are great. Then, hmm, there's another regular segment I'm missing, maybe? I really wish yeah. you guys... Yeah, I wonder what... what he didn't, did he mention the art one? Box art. Box art review. Because De- even Dennis did a box yeah. art review. We read yeah. his for the Journal 10, wasn't it? That was the one. He didn't mention that one? He didn't mention that one. So so in that case, we'll we'll dedicate the next box art review to, to Ken. We will. Yeah. I really wish you guys received more report or support from MMP. It's a bit astonishing that they don't send you free product from time to time. Well, no kidding. In fact, I think we will chast- I will chastise them you know, a bit in their email following this one. Well, thank you, Ken. That's nice of you, Ken. We, we always like it when people harass other people on our behalf. You know, <laughs> I and I've been listening to the Dice Tower game podcast. They do all yeah. other kind of games, which yeah. I'm not sure why I do sometimes because I don't know any of these other games they're talking about. No, I don't either. Um, but th- they talk about, they get swamped. With donations from people who want the thing reviewed. Yeah. Just saying. Do we get swamped? Uh, not Do we get marsh? Too much. We don't get marsh? We get some things. Do we get Bounding woods? Fire has been kind to yeah, us. Yeah, Bounding Fire has been very LFT kind. LFT has sent a thing or two. They have. But, um, and Schwerpunkt has donated has some very, very nice things. No one sends us everything they release every time. No. I'm just wondering why. Because yeah. all those sales do come yeah that's us. yeah it's true over and over letter after letter saying yeah. bought this got that you reviewed this product went and bought it yeah and well anyway enough bitter enders from me <laughs> <laughs> all right any more letters Last yes. letter from but Dennis? wait there's more one more we have a letter from eric hello gentlemen as an avid listener who greatly enjoys the historical notes and discussions of your podcast i thought you'd be interested in seeing some of these pictures from an ex- exhibition I visited in New York City at the Grolier, the Grolier Club. It's about the impact in images and words in World War II. In ASL news, I'm really excited to hear that ASL Starter Kit is now back in print. Woohoo! Woohoo! Woo-hoo. It will be my first entry into ASL. Really enjoyed your Elst episode and looking forward to more newbie do stuff. Keep up the good work. And here's the link he posts for the exhibit Best Eric. All right. Thank you, Eric, very much. You're going to put Thank that up you, on Eric. the page there? I think, you know, the only thing that is uh, more scarce than Hakapale is Nubidoo, I think. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, when, when Hakapale comes out, I'll do another Nubidoo. Okay. We're taking you up on that yeah. because I still have faith and confidence that it will come out. Yeah. Do you think we could Thelma and Daphne on the Nubidoo part? <laughs> you pay to see that. We, we probably could. Here we have a message from our very good friend. Hey, Jeff and Dave. This is Jackson Kwan, also known as the Hong Kong Wargamer. Just want to leave you a voicemail telling everybody about this tourney we're having in Hong Kong on September 20th, the Gin Drinker's Revenge. Anybody who's interested should look up the website gindrinkersrevenge.wordpress.com. Or get in touch with me either on Game Squad 
or Facebook. Thank you, and keep up the great work, guys. Bye-bye. Well, we were just talking about you, Jackson. Yeah, we were. Off the air. Seconds ago. That was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Didn't we just read a letter from him? Uh, we did. Oh, yeah, we did. You did. Short-term memory. Well, I yeah. thought it was, was it you or me? <laughs> Where am I? Oh, no. It was, yeah. It you was the, you're on the two half squads. Yeah. We don't wear pants, so and I went, that part's I, okay. I went looking for the uh, Hong Kong National Anthem, and I found it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Everyone, go to the Gin Drinkers Tournament. Gin Drinkers Revenge? Was that it? Revenge. I love the name of the tournament. Sounds like a tie-in to sailing stuff. Moby Dick. Um, how does Gin Drinkers Revenge tie into Moby Dick? <laughs> I'm just, just curious. It's... Because, like, didn't he want to get revenge against the Great White? Yes. And didn't they drink gin on the ship? Rum, I think. Oh, sorry. Well, they may have drank gin. Never, never mind the comment about that. Yeah. Moby Dick. <laughs> Come on, Dennis. Don't we'll make, they drink gin? i drawn a complete blank. I thought there was some nautical reference, but you got me there. I thought it was where that's where the term grognard comes from, right? <laughs> I think hey, so. Hey, wait, yeah. it does come from that. But gin, no. that's... I don't know. Well, maybe What's the British grog? occupation of India. Who knows? Grog is a drink from Scandinavia, where the Scandinavians live. Well, we have more voicemails. Oh, okay. Hey there, Jeff and Dave. Mark Krotz here. I thought I would leave you a voice recording, since I know a lot of what you get on this show are uh, emails that you read out, So, uh, and you keep asking for these. I thought I'd send one. Uh, a couple of things. Um, first off, great show. Uh, as always, I'm... I've listened to, uh, Dave would appreciate this, I've listened to all of them in order now, all the way from number one to your current uh, episode, which is very cool. Um, had some suggestions for topics I think would be good to, to cover um, that I know would have been benefit to me. Routing rules would be a good one. I think you could do an, an entire episode on that. Direction uh, that, that you route, uh, when you can and can't low crawl, things like that. Um, I think an entire episode on close combat would be helpful. Uh, I know my friend Kurt Berger and I, we didn't play Ambush for the longest time because we didn't even know those rules even existed. And now that we know them, we, we play them. But uh, that was a complete surprise to me. We've probably played, I don't know, 20, 30 games without ever using that. So that's not good. Uh, fire and how fire uh, can happen, not just via kindling, but from uh, HE attacks and flamethrowers. That's a, a good rule that, again, we had not used for a very long time. And offboard artillery is the last uh, thing. I think that would be a good thing. Anyhow, uh, and again, we've made mistakes. So keep up the good work and some suggestions. So uh, feel free to use them. Nice. Good suggestions. What was your favorite suggestion? Uh, routing. It's mm. a good one for you, Jeff. Yes, yeah, I'm, in, I'm going to go with fire. I'm I'm all fired up about that one. That's that works for me on many levels. What were my other choices? Sorry, I'm touching the mic. Oh, yes. Dan here. Oh, quiet, Dan. You're next. Wait your turn. <laughs> Stop it! Nobody touch anything. Close combat. Yeah. And ambush. Close combat. Yeah, and ambush. Yeah, all great. And the reason we haven't done rounding because it's <laughs> it seems challenging. 
Oh, remember that two-page spread on rounding example? I've got, I think I've those? got a. I think I've got a. Oh yes, in, oh, in the rule goodness. book. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. Every time I read it, I'm like, oh, I forget I this. I forget that. I know they 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 call it the comprehensive routing example. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's it. It's two pages, and they use. They had to get out the extra, extra, extra tiny typewriter <laughs> to get all the text on there. I unbelievable. But we'll have to tackle it someday. Yeah, we will. We will. Maybe little bits at a time. That works. They say eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? That's right. You can you can do that later. Count yeah. me out of that one. <laughs> fire the fire, fire. And we know we have one from Dan Dolan who yes, has uh, agreed to an interview. And here here we go with his calling. Hey guys, how you doing? Dan Dolan here. I'm just calling to say I'm really enjoying your reviews of the annuals, and I'm looking forward to your review on uh, Gavudu Tanambogo in uh, 93B, which uh, should be the next one up the way you're going, and Kakazoo Ridge later on in uh, journal number two. Thanks a lot. Hope you guys uh, continue to go on and on because uh, you're entertaining, and it passes the time while I'm sitting here trying to figure out how to design things big fan of box art review it's good to see somebody throwing themselves out in front of the art world with critiques and uh, comments on the artists of asl i'd like to see uh some time you guys do something on map art there's been some great map artists charlie kibler don petros Nadir alfara gary fortenberry it'd be interesting to hear your uh, take on some of their work keep up the good work and uh roll low that's nice. Nice to hear. Box art review, Dave. You have you have turned that simple segment into a a favorite. Yeah, yeah. isn't pretty, that amazing? Pretty amazing. And more good suggestions about the map art. Yeah, I've been Hither- wanting. I, I've been talking about that for a long time. Yeah, but hitherto uncovered in any way other than looking at a map when we open up a new product. Yeah. So. We have one last one from Steve Dubois. Or Dubois. Does he pronounce it if Dubois? You're French. Yes. Let's find out how he pronounces okay, it. Okay, we. Good afternoon, Half Squads. This is Steve Dubois calling from the D.C. area. I was just listening to episode 117 when you were talking about the Alan points and. Um, how to use them and when you should use them and how difficult it might be to, uh, uh, to insert them into a scenario. My thoughts in the past were, uh, I've used it a little bit, but not recently. And, you know, you start out with a seven zero. So obviously it works best if both sides are doing it at the same time. So you add a seven zero to each side, obviously becomes much more of an issue when the leader rises in rank. Uh, especially if the opposing leader, leader doesn't keep keep up. So you could have a 9-2 being added to one side and an 8-0 to the other side kind of a thing. And so that's an issue, of course. Uh, I guess one way that you could do it is you could remove a leader from the scenario and add your leader. And so that way you're still keeping it somewhat in balance um, and you'd have to remove the leader that was closest to your level so anyway, that's probably more of a house rule that you could work out between you. Another issue, another way to do it would be uh, if you think of uh, a series of linked scenarios, like Pete Schelling's ones on Curse, where you do those three scenarios in a row, um, you could use you could use it there. And since there's a, an awful lot of 
unit choices to, to purchase from Pete Schelling's, some of his link scenarios, it, it might have less of an impact. And then uh, also I think large scenarios and campaign games, it would have uh, less of an impact again because of the sheer number of counters on the board. So each individual leader being added would have less of an impact. Uh, I know you were talking about, um, I think Jeff was talking about doing Tarawa again, and there's a great example right there. You know, throw in a 7-0 Marine leader and an additional 7-0 Japanese leader and uh, and see what happens over the course of the campaign game. But anyway, I enjoyed joining your podcast, and I uh, just, as I said, I was listening to 117. I thought I'd call in and uh, let you have my thoughts. Thanks for everything you do. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. I love that Elan stuff. That goes back when I played Squad Leader. On the very last page, it had the checklist of cowardice points, Elan points. Played a lot of that. It really adds some different flavor to the game. And I think On All Fronts did a version of that too when they were still doing that in the 80s or 90s. But I never tried it with ASL. Squad Leader was a blast, so I'm making a note to myself to try that. All right. And I can't imagine adding more fun to the game. And so, Dennis, we didn't get your gaming background. Uh, obviously, yeah. you started with the early games, Squad Leader and well, others. Even before that, Dad was in the Army, so I think always been partial to models. We used to live at Aberdeen, so you go to the tank grounds and climb on the tanks and built the models, watched the movies. Then Dad gave me a book, I think it was called Blazing Chariots by Tony Crisp, who was out the British experience in the Western Desert. And So I, at the hobby store, I saw the game Tobruk by Avalon Hill and had to have it, had to have it, so got that and played it, and somehow that led me down the path of Squad Leader, and then Cross of Iron, I used to sit and look at the back of the General Magazine waiting for Cross of Iron to come out, longest year of my life waiting for that thing to come out. Played Crescendo, G.I. Anvil, got a little bit into ASL, but in the 90s, the guys I played with all moved away, so that was the end of that, but about six years ago, I was at a gaming convention and walked by and saw some guys playing, and it was like the clouds parted, and the beam of sunshine came down and the angelic voices and welcome back to the fold i've had my fanatic shirt on ever since that's great and you currently live in california correct central valley fairfield about hour south of sacramento and have some regular group that you play with or uh, regular aslers there we do we're kind of split into three parts our the central valley we have a club the norcal asl check us out on yahoo we have a couple guys in the sacramento area and then our sister club, the SVASL group, they're also on the Yahoo groups. They're more Bay Area, Oakland, San Jose, San Francisco. So we attend each other's events. We go to all the conventions. So we have, I'd say, probably 20 or so regulars. We've got some new recruits this year. So New as in young? Both. New as oh, okay. in chronologically challenged. New as in new to the game. Yeah. New as in coming back after playing for 20 years kind of thing. So we've got quite a mixed bag. Yeah. Nice. And uh, you have kids? I do. Do they play squad leader? Not yet, but my daughter Claire, she loves to get out the dazzle boards because they have hexagons. Hexagons are her favorite shapes. So she goes to my counters and she gets all the pink ones out because they're pretty. Well, that's a start. It's a start. (laughs) I mean, it's a reach. Hey, maybe something for MMP to think about. Start making prettier colors. Yeah, they have the Lego Scientist Girl (laughs) Lego set. Why not the... Target that different market there. Yeah. yeah. How's your daughter? The wife and the kids. She's five. Okay. Well, there's, yeah. But we're playing Candyland and Shoots and Ladders, so we're, yeah. We're starting on that path. Yeah. Good. Good. And what are you doing out here? 
You're here for uh, my business? My 50th anniversary. Oh, okay. Family reunion kind of thing. Yeah. Fishing, Portillo's. That's all the cover story just to come here, of course. So yes, of course. Years to be in, in the, the planning. So. Well, we're glad you could take the time out. And you, I know you were in down... No. Lombard? You, no, you weren't in downtown Chicago. Oh, you were out at Blackberry Farm today. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of fun. Recommended. And then uh, drove all the way up here to be with us tonight, which is really nice. Ben, we invite anybody who's coming to Chicago. Write um, us. Let us know you're coming. Almost anybody. Yeah, unless you're a, unless you're undesirable. You know, Mark, I, I wouldn't have him here. He's got a new website, you know. Don't go. To, listen, everybody, do not go to desperationmorale.com. Don't go there. It's a new website. It's, it's really nice, but don't go there. He doesn't support us. We're not listed. I checked. We're not listed on his website. There you go. People love, we are the guys you, that people love to hate, apparently. So. Well, speaking of clubbing and gaming, is it time for... What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? What you've been playing lately? I'll You'll insert I'll the, music. the music. Well, yeah. <laughs> and so, Dennis, what have you been playing lately? Two things mostly. We're playing, been on a Dassel kick, the deluxe ASL kick. Yeah. I played one called A Taste of Things to Come. Did I mention that? No. Short term. It is top notch DASL. It's. OBA, it's air support, it's flamethrowers, it's DCs. You don't see a lot of that in deluxe stuff, but pretty heavy duty. It was a, a slugfest, except for when my OBA conked out, rolled a 12 on the field phone and a 6-tree parrot, but save that for another day. That's a different AAR. But also we started, I think it was an LFT thing, an old coastal fortress, Stalny Prostory, the Plains of Steel. It's okay. kind of an, it's Russian-German, 1943 Open countryside campaign game. Three scenarios, July 7th, pardon me, July 11th, a.m. and p.m. So it's kind of a scrolling map board, and it was nice to have a campaign game that was not an urban setting. So I think you can still find it on the web, Coastal Fortress. It sounds familiar. Or was there a little newsletter called Coastal Fortress also? I think they're defunct. I think the SoCal guys have some of the stuff on their website. But Yes, hmm. I think that is think, correct. Yeah, I think we mentioned that before. So, so that's deluxe games. I most and you named two scenarios that I haven't played on deluxe because I think the one was from. I think it was a, an early LFT, which one. yeah, I don't have. And then I don't know. Um, the Stanley Press Star, that's regular squad leader, but the other one, a taste of things to come. I think that was Euro Pack number three. Okay, yeah, EP and I don't number ninety-one. Right. And we just finished playing all of the PTO DASL. There's only six or seven of them. And I've, I have a list going. I can't remember them off the top of my head, but most of what I've been playing has been the deluxe stuff. And why? I don't know. I think now that I'm aging, the hexes are easier to see. Mm. <laughs> I don't have to pick up the counter and the magnifying glass is at it. I know it's definitely the 812 machine gun, definitely. Yeah. And just, I think it's about the scale because most of the hexes are with the normal range. It just, for me, has more of a feel of a war movie or the small unit, mm. mm-hmm. like Saving Private Ryan or Small Yark. It just, it's the same, but it's different. It's just, I like the feel of it, I guess. Yeah. After all. And then, and you can make a list of all the scenarios and actually play them in your lifetime. 
That is correct. You can. All 110 can. of them, so. Yes. And Jeff, you've played some deluxe, one or two? One or me? two, I Maybe think, yeah. One? Yeah. That's it. But you do have Hedgerow. Yeah, I have Hedgerow. Hedgerow. And Streets of Fire. Yeah. Right over there. Yes. But all your time's currently going into something else, I understand. Yeah, I'm still like, working with Rich, going through all of the scenarios that come along with the Tarawa. And uh, over the last week, we played Ryan's Orphans, which is the number three scenario. And this one was fun. It takes place on the, you know, the, if you look at the Tarawa map, you... There it if, is if along from the, the wall there. Yeah, I've got it on, hanging on the wall over there. You know, the the uh, island is sort of, sort of shaped like a bird. They call this the bird's head down on this end, and the, the pointy part there is the bird's beak. And in this particular scenario, the Marines set up, the, well, the Japanese sets up first, and they have to defend and stay along the beach. And the Marines have to come in and they win immediately just by clearing all the Japanese off the beach or any hex that's adjacent to the beach. And it's pretty good because the Japanese get six pillboxes. But then there was a part in the rules that I really... There's an SSR here. Let me read this to you. All right. As I said, the Japanese get six pillboxes. Then SSR 3 says... The Japanese may designate any combination of less than or equal to three bomb proofs or fortified building locations. Now, to me, when it says the Japanese may designate any combination, to me that means you can take an existing pillbox and call it a bomb proof, make it a bomb proof. So you're designating it? Designating it. Or you could take a wooden building and make it fortified. Or any combination, there are up to three items. But Rich insisted that it means additional. So I could put three, if I wanted to do three additional bomb proofs, essentially three additional pillboxes on the map. And I don't think that's what designate means. No, designate does not mean... You More. mean putting a counter on yeah. a pillbox counter so beside, on so, the map. So besides the six pillboxes that are in the... OB, he thinks it's. it says I can add three bomb proofs. Then I'd have nine, essentially nine pillbox. That didn't seem right to me. But there are no pillboxes on board, printed on the map board, right? Right. And it does refer to pillboxes. At least three pillboxes must be set up adjacent to beach hexes. Well, that's uh, don't read that part. Just read the first sentence. But that's the same rule, three. Yeah. But I thought it meant you you take an existing you could take an existing pillbox and make it a bomb proof instead. But there are no existing. Not existing, but the, the the pillboxes from the OB. You get six pillboxes there. Oh oh wait 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 okay that's what I'm missing. Okay. Right. Yeah, you get six of these, and right. you may designate any combination of bomb proofs. Or fortified building locations. Yeah. I think that's poorly worded, first of all. But second of all, oh, I, I think you like have it, it says, right. Yeah, you don't get to put out nine pillboxes then right. and call three of them bombproofs. Right. You designate three of the six. That's what I think. I think you're right. Rich said right, too, because wouldn't it say in addition to or something yes, to that effect? That's what yeah, I would very too. clearly say. And they wouldn't use the word designate, which you rarely see. Right. Well, I posted it on Game Squad, and two people came back and said, no, it means you can add three. Really? really? Yeah. But I don't know where they get that. 
if they're just pulling it out of their well from the Tarwell Gamers thinking? Guide or I don't know. I checked the. I looked for uh, errata and didn't find anything on it. Because it, I would swear it would say. May, in addition, you to, may add you may three add. pillboxes that may be designated as. I have to go back and check. I seem to yeah. remember seeing something on Facebook about that. The same oh, question, that was, but I don't that remember. Was that was me. Though. Oh. Okay. I posted on Facebook and on... Oh, yeah. I didn't post it on Game Squad. I beg your pardon. I posted oh, it on Facebook. Oh, you put it on Facebook. Yeah. And two people answered. And I appreciate them answering. I just don't think they're right. Well, I have to... And I'm willing to fight about it. But anyway, I I did put the three extra bomb proofs on there. And... And, and actually, we, we played. It's a seven-turn scenario. And Rich was doing very well moving in, though. Though he made a couple of... Uh, Miscalculations. He was moving. I I played a, a setup way in the back, so he had to come to me. But I did put up one of the smaller guns. The Japanese get a uh, a twelve. What was this? An AA gun, twelve millimeter AA gun. Yeah. And uh, I put one of those up front just to kind of slow him down a little bit. He rolled a tank up to it, broke the the squad, and then started moving up. Well. The squad rallied, regained control of the gun, opened up on oh. two of his stacks, and shredded them up pretty good. He wasn't not counting on me rallying that back. gun back, yeah. yeah. So it was getting, I was thinking, oh, I'm doing really good here. But then he rolled up a little further, and then he snuck around, and I waited a little bit too long and did not keep enough units next to the beach, which is which is one of the victory conditions. He rolled up, advanced in and killed a squad, and then I was off the beach and off the adjacent hexes, and he won. In the last turn, then? Yeah, or... uh, like turn six. But it was a very fun scenario. I had a good time. Yeah, what have you been playing, Dave? Well, I had played... <laughs> Something. Well, I didn't write anything on the bottom of this one, but I swear I played this one. Let me look again. Group or and either or battle. Wait a minute. Now you can't find annual ninety six. You you did not write on this. I'm falling apart. Are you sure you're not wearing pants? Yes. I, I think am you sure. showed up tonight I wearing pants. I forgot to not wear pants yes. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I played it's, costly it's mistake. Dave Timonen came over and I had been playing through a lot of Into the Rubble with uh, Tom Barkalo and Mark Woods and thought well dave we had left off playing a lot of these russian revolution ones from the french um uh, uh, right the lft yeah magazine. yeah it was a yeah. seller pack but it actually was like a whole game in there i felt and so it was ft131 costly mistake and dave played the red russians and i played the white russians which are really the Mongolians, in this case, loaded with cab. You got 15 cab counters here. I'm sorry, even more. Uh, 17 and two of the wagons. And then you can take an additional one or battle harden any four units, only one of which can be a leader. And so I did the battle hardening bit. And again, it's a lot of good. You get all this cab, you get some maneuverability going. Mongolians had to earn 30 victory points without losing a set amount, okay, um, and capture uh, buildings and get exit 
LVP. You know, they do that a, a bit in these scenarios with the Mongolians. So there's some mobility uh, reason to stay mobile with the exit points, with the cav, mm-hmm. as well as temptations to grab buildings as you're going and then, of course, not lose too many points. And so I really enjoyed it a lot. You want to play a lot of cav rules. You're going to play a lot of them in that, in that game for, uh, from the seller pack, whichever it was, with the Russian Revolution ones. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend that one. If nothing else, there's a good three-way player in that one, I think. The um, Mouth of Madness. Yes, we played the Mouth of Madness. Oh, is that the I one we played with you Mark, and Mark Yeah, we played that Yeah, at the, at the open, open like two years ago. Yeah. It's like one of three three-player scenarios. Yeah, so I think there are only three, right? Try it if you haven't. It's, it's well, fun. Yeah, it's, we had fun. It was a hoot. Well, yeah, listeners, they're, they, they work really well. That's my favorite of the three. And you're, So you're playing three player turns in a game turn yeah right exactly yeah so there's a prep for each guy of the three and then you start game turn two and then a prep and yeah and they work surprisingly well i thought yeah. a lot of action i mean there's a lot of action in those because there's just like bullets flying everywhere and you don't know who your friends are yeah you that's gotta, true it's, though there's it's, alliances and the objective can, shift it's right wild and woolly that's for sure yeah even and, though there's not they don't they don't really talk about alliances. Like, it's not something they don't say no, it's not you in can the form alliances yeah. or anything like that. But it kind of, it seems to kind of just happen that way. You look at the guy who's got the best position and you both just kind of understand that you're going to go against him. And then, then when he weakens a little bit, suddenly you shift a little bit. And yeah. Right. Like, if you don't attack me when I go to get the 152, I'll lay off as you come in the board. That was another thing the random entry places, you didn't know where the other guy's coming from. Right. But the best part about it was. The double sniper action, because one roll could trigger both of the other sides. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. The trick was to kind of herd the snipers over to the other guy and then take all those one-up five shots just to get the sniper happen in the factory there. Yeah. Hopefully we had the snipers on the board that night, Dave. <laughs> that night after our big fiasco, yeah. sniper fiasco. <laughs> I'm glad you guys had better luck than I did. That taste of things to come, oh, my God. That was one of those ones that makes you want to quit squad leader and sell all your stuff. Like I said, the OBA broke down. I had commissars, I had elite troops, I swear to God, eight out of ten morale checks I failed, needed eights, uh-huh. couldn't rail anybody, just, it was one of those, Lyle came down from, Lyle Fisher came down from Washington, he was in town on business, so he came over and I said, yeah, docile, OBA, flamethrowers, and oh my God, it was just, I should just stuck to tiddlywinks or maybe start drinking gin like Jackson's There's, talking about. Cause that's a good idea. <laughs> and I've good. seen that happen before, I remember Matt Ramsey had some, um, bunch of ss and stuff and couldn't roll less than an, like a 10 on a morale check and the whole opening turn which he was entering so it was kind of like we looked at it and and, he, and then he kind of says you are going to counterattack, aren't you and i'm like yeah because <laughs> it's like you broke 70 percent of your force walking on the board i can't yeah. believe it <laughs> you know i have to just run across the street because you can't stop all of me and then you have to route right off yeah yeah, this one's over. Just reset it. That was me. I conceded amazing. by turn five of seven. And when you play it, remember orchards are in season. I botched the setup. Oh, forgot so, the orchards were in season, uh, so I had no line of sights. sights. Yeah, and it just went downhill from there. It was it was bad. So yeah, got, any, got any more beer? Any gin? I, and, well, actually, we do have a beer. We do have beer. <laughs> after that scenario, my God, want to buy a scenario? Was that the scenario where you broke the radio with our OBA? That race? was the oh. one. That was oh my God. Sorry it's, about that. Yeah. I, you know, I will have to say I played with the OBA cards as well on Ryan, Ryan's Orphans. Rich had 
as the Marines had uh, one module of OBA. But he was having a very hard time with the cards. They were working very well for me. He had five blacks and two reds, and he drew red three times in a row. Yeah. So it was, which with the naval, you said so lucky. It, with naval, it doesn't end it. You were thinking, right? right? It goes. I don't know. It goes back in. Yeah, and yeah. it does. Yeah, but he did. He did finally place some white phosphorus, which which was interesting because because the effect it had on on my guys, but also then as he was trying to move up, he would have to take morale checks. So it kind of kind of slowed him down as he was oh, moving in the white in, phosphorus because right? the Marines obviously have to take a morale check if they're going to walk into white phosphorus. Um, but fortunately, I did roll gusts. Speaking of OBA, speaking of gusts, hear yeah, a little I bit of thunder. Thunder in the background. Oh, Sam Adams. There you are. Thank you, sir. Yeah, before you forget, you had the, or before I forget, you had the New Year's resolutions for ASL thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So for me, I was thinking I want to be more active in the ASL community, you know, play test, articles, recruiting, and so forth. Good for so, you. Good man, good man. And you have your rule sections. Oh, yeah, they have like searching and mopping up. I've never used, so that's, I've got a little cheat sheet going. Mm hmm. And then also, the recruiting, we get guys at conventions, we get guys show up at the club, so that's been working well. But one of the big things I've been doing is playtesting. That's always kind of been a, something ah. I'm inspired to. So, And I'm amazed at how much need or want there is for playtesters out there. I just contact, like, John a blank on the fellow's name, but the Poland in Flames? Is that Chaz? That is uh, Sam Tyson. Sam Tyson. And oh, I had good. just been to Bounding Fire Productions' website really? today because I think... I you know I, I I'm missing my cold train of thought. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot where you I had to write it down, but there was the annual I couldn't find, and so I thought, oh, we better do a box art review then. And you had done Journal Ten, and I was looking for Journal Eleven. Is it out yet? No, no, not no yet. wonder was... I couldn't find it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute. That means we've done all the box art review. For the official product, really? I think so. When core modules too. Core modules, really done. Then we went to the annuals, which were repeats of the game, so we skipped those. So we went to the journals. We did the historical modules. You did, yes. Even Pegasus Bridge. Yes, we did. Really? Okay. And so, if you did annual journal ten, the one with the Marines in the jungle. Yeah, that means we did. We did it too, right? Before you. Yeah, because that's what inspired in. me. You did. Nine, I think, was the Russians in the trenches. Yes. Yeah. We're caught up. So I went online. Oh, we've got to go to a third-party product. Our favorites are Bounding Fire Bounding Productions. Fire. So I LFT. went in, and they were photographs, mostly. Oh, right, yeah. Of which we mentioned a few when we opened the product on the air. Yes. Mm -hmm. And brings me back to where you are. So I saw Poland in Flames, and I clicked on that, and it said, uh, play testing is running a little slower. It's been harder to get it going. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me, but the product will be available. So thank you, Dennis, for it's stepping up pleasure. and helping out. My pleasure. And also the dispatches from the bunker, Vic Provost and Vic company. Provost, doing a we couple interviewed him too. Really? Maybe yes. Poland in Flames is behind because Dennis is his play testing. <laughs> Busted. Well, yeah, you're not pulling your hey, chair It takes there? two to tango here, guys. Yeah. I mean, oh, so you're just play testing no by yourself? No, I mean, I came all the way out here and visit you, cutting into my playtesting time. Yeah, oh, that's, that's right. Hey, we got to do what we got to do. Yeah, it's true. There's only so many hours in it. So, yeah, listeners, do what Dennis is doing. Step it on up. 
Good for you. You get a badge or a, I don't know, we'll give you something free. Well, also, you gave us something free, these yes. wonderful counters. I now have a complete set of Kleinschmidt leader counters from the 10 neg 3 all the way down to the 6 plus 1. And the last 6 plus 1 I had was the one that I got from um, Jeff, who was the MMP guy before that we used to talk to? Steve Smith? <laughs> no. Remember he was the... Marlo Feldman? He was the promotion guy. R.J. Bluntly? We interviewed him twice before we interviewed Perry and Chaz. Um, <sighs> Recall problems. Betty Joe Bielowski? All right, well, anyway. I.P. Freely? Yeah. Seymour <laughs> Butts? Actually, I think Perry sent this one. I don't know. Some One of them sent me a six plus one as a joke. Bombastic Bushkin? <laughs> and I... Made it like this, Dennis, and then I seal-coated it, and the colors ran. Oh, no. So I'm wondering if any listeners have an idea how to seal these up nice. I did. I used a laminator at home, but when you trim them around the edges, the lamination has a tendency to peel off. I didn't laminate these ones, but mine. Oh. So there's got to be something. Yeah, you just the, coat on this. The yeah, just they have that stuff some, when you uh, do a pencil drawing, yeah. you can spray it on the pencil matte drawing sealant. to keep it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do have some at home, too. Yeah, I do have and matte sealant. I was going to do five, two, 5 plus 2 liters, but I didn't know the names of your mother-in-law, so I thought, well, save that <laughs> yeah. for another time. <laughs> These are very nice. And Jeff has a set, too, yes. in, in the German. Excellent. Yep. And yeah. I've got my glasses on, and my name is spelled correctly and everything. And it was, again, my you wife... He's better looking than me, though. Yeah, my guy the does. Le- look, the leader is a My guy's better looking. Yeah. Than we always look better on TV, right? Yeah. Like me, I, <laughs> that's true. Told I have a face for radio. I look, I'm looking good today. These kind of match our new shirt t shirts. Yeah, they do. They do. I did that on purpose. Notice how they're very tastefully color coordinated. Yes. Want to have that feng shui yeah, thing going on? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave these out on the coffee table. So when friends and stuff come over, they're just going to go, like, whoa. Wow. They'll have something else like to ignore. Blue corn yes. chips. Yeah. Exactly. Mm, they're kind of stale. Those are cool. <laughs> kind of dry. Choking hazard. So thank I'll, you, Dennis. It was my pleasure. Yeah. I have a 12-4 some... counter. That's, my wife is the 12-4. Oh, again, okay. I didn't know Rob and Laura who was whose wife. So, again, I'll, I'll mail those to you. We forget, too. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. You were saying I interrupted? Oh, and all we have for you is some used book. How to Lose World War II. Beggars can't be choosers. And a magazine. Well, do tell. Also used. I was going to review that book and uh, take it with you, but um, I found it to be a bit repetitive. Uh, Bill Fawcett took compilations of other people's writings and put them into what's a compilation book, and some of the topics overlapped a bit, so I was wondering as editor, I think he could have done a slightly better job with that. If you are new to World War II, which Dennis, you're not, obviously, and you're well-read, it was a good overview of certain battles and things, Hmm. and so, but basically I didn't find any more deep insights into why the war was lost, or certain battles were lost, is what it is, really, um, than what you'd probably already know based on your readings of other historical things. So it's things. more top-level, more of an overview kind of thing? More of an overview kind of thing. Well, still, thank you. So, so anyway, that's a quick review of the book. It was sent to us by a listener also who sent us the World at War magazine, which I find to be a better product in all kinds of ways. Well, it's got pictures. Yeah, here, hold it up to the camera. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. That's <laughs> the one with Juno, Juno Beach, Beach, 1944. Yeah. And I always enjoy reading those. 
Nice. Well, you don't go home empty-handed. No. And you also brought us some pistachios. Yes. Are they good? Are they everything they're cracked up to be? They're they're very good indeed. They are delicious. I'm glad you're nuts about them. Yeah. (laughs) We're good. You're going to have to stop that. Stop that. So you say, grabbing your nutsack, Private Donovan. (laughs) All right. I'll I'll stop there. I I can take a hint. And so, to finish the show out. Well, I wanted to talk about... uh, I always like to end the show with a bang, so let's do some rules. <laughs> well, I wanted to, I've been Fireworks? wanting to talk about interdiction. OBA? Yes. No. Interdiction. Oh. Can we talk about interdiction? Yeah, it's just not very bangful. Like this is, you know, this is something that people don't like to talk about. It's interdiction, diarrhea, those kind of things. <laughs> but the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because very, very early in my squad leader career, when I was reading the rule book... Mm-hmm. The starter kit, it talked about interdiction. And I had a question about interdiction, and I went into Game Squad, and I said, so uh, if I understand interdiction right, uh, this and this and this. And somebody wrote back and said, you don't ever want to be in a position where you might be interdicted. So very diplomatic, very yeah. encouraging. Like if, you're, like if you're in a position where you're being interdicted, you're not playing the game correctly, you haven't, you're, you're, you're scum. And you mentioned this on the other show, and I and I felt I was also a teacher of you who suggested probably more often than not not to risk interdiction, yeah, but to sit there, yeah, which maybe is not good advice. Well, I wanted to know more because I thought you know the rule is in there, but are there ever opportunities or uh, situations where you might want to risk interdiction. And maybe I, I, I wanted to learn more about it. And well, it's not a very long rule. And I think the person on Game Squad probably is saying, of course, you never want to be in a position in that position. You don't want to ever be in a position where you're broken. Same way. Right. You don't mm-hmm. ever want to lose or roll anything uh, higher <laughs> yeah. than a three. Was he saying you should never risk interdiction? Is that also what he was saying, as well as not being where you would need to? I I understood it as you should just you should be smart enough to never get into a position where if when you're routing you oh, might well be that addicted. takes skill and time. Yeah, and... I'm not there yet. Yeah, I'm I'm way <laughs> not there yet. And I actually went on Game Squad looking for that post. I went back into my to, into the old posts and I couldn't find it. So uh, so I can't name that guy, whoever that was. But anyway. So, as we all know, interdiction is what happens when a routing unit steps into open ground in line of sight of an enemy unit within range or up to 16 hexes away. Yeah, normal range for squads or 16 hexes if it's something, a machine gun or or whatever. With no open ground, meaning there there are no hindrances, there's no TEM or anything like that, that squad would have to take a normal morale check. Even if there's 10 enemy units that can see him as he steps into open ground, he still only takes one morale check. Sounds like a bargain. And even if there's 100 firepower against him, he just still takes a normal morale check. Oh, is it a normal? Yeah. He only takes a normal morale check. That is true. You just claim, I'm going to interdict with this guy. Right. Roll your check. This guy can see him. Yeah, that is true. And it doesn't matter if the enemy unit is fired or is, is is final fired or doesn't have anything left. I mean, he's got to he's got to have at least one firepower that he can bring to bear against this unit. Correct. But then the unit has to take a normal morale check, and if the unit takes a normal morale check and breaks, 
he gets casualty reduced. But then he may continue. Oh, he can also pin. That's the yes. one of the few times a broken guy can pin. Yes, that's right. Rolling equal to his morale, broken side morale, he right. just freezes in the road. Right. He can pin. Yep. What about a leader who voluntarily routes and breaks? Don't they? Same. Are they eliminated? No, no. He if he's if because he's already well, voluntarily broken to be able to route through and take interdiction. So the normal interdiction rules apply to him. Also, to the leader. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, but it seemed to me are are there ever instances where you would want to risk interdiction? <laughs> Dennis. Yes. Yes, Jeff. In the case of its combat victory points, mm-hmm. where you must exit a certain number of squads, for example, if the squad's going to die anyway and the guy's going to get the two victory points, yeah, risk it. He might pull your half squad back and cheat him out of that half or that right. one combat victory point. Yep. What about if you're broken and the way you're routing is toward an exit? Yes, Hex. as Dennis would mention, exiting. Yeah, exiting also. that way. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Rally there and route. Yeah, that would work. Or maybe for building, occupying. It's a case where your opponent has to occupy X many hexes or buildings. If he can rally, if he can route away and not be interdicted, and then self rally or get rallied. And, yeah. If but, you're Building's always going to be under duress morale. If you're always going to get shot again anyway and have the plus four put on you, the DM. Right. Why? I think the aren't the odds better that you'll make a normal morale check broken side than actually rally with a plus four mathematically? I think so. That's what I think too. Because if you if you just low crawl, for instance, and you're sitting out in the middle of a street. Which I often will low crawl. Yeah. Again, I'm teaching you probably to avoid interdiction. but Right. But you're you're yeah, you're going to get DM anywhere. Again. You're going to get shot get again anyway, right? And if you're if it's just crossing a street, then you could take the casualty reduction and continue, or you might pass the, you might pass it, pass the morale check and just keep going. I mean, that certainly could happen if you a- average roll is a seven. Most yeah. broken morales are six. I don't know. Does that feel right to you? Seem right? Um, Americans, yes. Half squads and conscripts, probably. Yeah. Or yeah. Less, but yeah, but for, even uh, there's some that have eights on their broken sides, and some have nines, right? The SS. Right. So those kind of guys, you certainly would want to probably risk it, then stay DM in that building. Right. I think. And there's something else that could happen on that interdiction roll besides being pinned. You what can if you roll, roll snake eyes. What if you roll snake eyes? <laughs> yeah, there is that. Or boxcars. Or you could Which roll I guess boxcars, you'd right. lose the whole squad on the boxcars, I right? think so, yeah. The half and then half to right. for the Cash 12. Reduced right. and then... Yeah. Yeah, but you could, you could get hero creation out of that or, or berserk. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be... It's, it's something to consider anyway. So one of the questions that, that uh, also occurred to me is, as the attacker, do you have to interdict... If there's a unit in your line of sight who's routing, do you have a choice to interdict against them or not? You yes, you never have to interdict. Are we supposed to be ringing the bell here? Right. Is oh, oh, yeah. You could you could ah. ring the bell, yeah. Yeah, what do you think? You so, have to so you what don't rule have is that to, or you think, it, to do you think it's homework? voluntary or mandatory? Interdiction is voluntary. I think Agreed? it may interdict. 
So I think it's voluntary. Are we correct? There was a big, long, 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 long discussion about it on Game Squad. And here really? was one, one instance where I really found it fascinating because they really took apart the wording and oh. the examples. <laughs> and they eventually, after, after much discussion, they got together and formulated a couple of questions to send to Perry. And what did Perry says? Perry says it, that it is not voluntary. It is mandatory. What? What? Interdiction is mandatory. So if you have squads that can see him, you can't say they're not going to interdict. Really? Yeah. I got to go back and read there. There's some like qualifiers <laughs> yeah, like the a rule? gun. If it needs to change its covered arc, well, can't that's, interdict or something. Now, yeah. Now that's qualifiers. that's another thing that's interesting. If the only now this is another thing that came up is if it's if it's um obligatory if it's mandatory who takes the interdiction and in that case you can decide if more than one squad or gun or tank can see the the um, squad that's out in the open you can decide which one takes the interdiction because what what would happen here is if nobody can see him but a gun the gun has to take the interdiction and in that case the gun has to change its covered arc which could and drop it, drop you. its right. drop its acquisition if it's got yeah, an, yeah. an acquired yeah, you've target. Got something else you're trying to do with that gun, right. which is why you've acquired the target right. and worked really hard because those plus three buildings are a bear to get a gun right to hit on yeah. in the first place, and then you have to turn the gun. Maybe even lose concealment or hit uh-huh. in the process. Well, that part is that part is voluntary. Okay, so if, it's not known. Right, it can stay unknown. It can stay unknown. But any units other other than concealed or hip units, any other unit that can must take the interdiction. And if it's a tank, of course, if if it can interdict with its machine guns, that's fine. If it can interdict with its main armament, it only can if it's not buttoned up. If it's buttoned up and the main armament is the only one that can see the unit, uh, it does not get interdicted because it's buttoned up. It would get a plus one for the buttoned up. And that is not a legal indicator. (laughs) (laughs) Indicator? Yes, indicator. You know, decatur. I love visiting decatur, Illinois. Have you ever published Judges Guild? Interdiction. Yeah, from decatur. Decatur. Yeah. (laughs) So. And so, really, there's no penalty for interdicting. It's not rolling your shot, not going to break your gun or machine gun or. There's no unless, risk of a sniper. Unless you have to turn your covered arc. Right. Right. So this might be an instance where you might want to run out in open ground and be interdicted. Oh, and force in order your opponent. To force an opponent to move their, yeah. their uh, AFE main armament From some or other gun. victory location. And which, drop. when you get... <laughs> victory conditions like, from costly mistake, FT-131... You want to gain casualty victory points, not lose your own, capture buildings and exit points. That kind of situation is probably going to come up where, oh, to win, he's going to have to exit that guy because he's never going to take this building. I got to get, you know, his gun off of that exit area so I can exit. Right. Now, obviously, that's going to take a little... Advanced thinking, which yes. I'm not capable of usually. <laughs> I'm always oh, seat of my pants. I should have thought of I'll that. I'll shoot that. Oops. No, I shouldn't have shot that. 
<laughs> right, like the victory conditions, they have no good order units that have visibility to this row of hexes, or you have to be able to put 16 fire pactors onto these 14 row hexes. To win, right. Yes. One of those more convoluted. It might be good to have the Yeah, you could pull, broken the, guys. pull that right off of those, pull that firepower right off of those hexes. Yeah. It's trained on. Yeah. I am amazed how so, little I know about this game. Yeah, it's very humbling. <laughs> I all these go home and read my rule book. And the the other the other thing that I discovered while I was reading two other things I discovered. One is that um, that I, that I was never really clear about was when you are broken. If your only option is to low crawl or to risk interdiction, and if you must route because you're adjacent to an enemy unit. You can either do that low crawl or surrender. If if no quarter has not yet been declared, then you become a prisoner. Yes. But if they kill you, then no quarter is now in effect. And now in effect. And so from there ever after, you do the low crawl or risk the interdiction to get away. Yes, and that is one we've covered on the show before. We have one I, I remember, use often against Dave Timonen and other players. You I'm use like, it against me, and I'm I'm always like. You know what you're talking about. I don't. I don't get it right now. I'll look it up later, and then I don't. Yeah, and yeah. It, it comes up a lot, but, but I you never have really be, understood it until I read. You have to be adjacent them. to them. Yeah, they break. So those typically, like, there's a street corner and there's a house in the corner. Yeah, and it used to happen to me all the time too. And I or woods, whatever. And I route back to that corner. He moves up next to you, and we used to just route. I'm sure until someone figured out. Wait a minute! They have to surrender the route phase method because right. you're adjacent. Because they're thinking, so I just try to memorize it this way. Their thinking is, the enemy is so close to me, I, I'm not going to walk out into that street. I'm just going to give it up because it has to be open ground, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when you get pushed back to that c- cover with no cover to route two directly, you and they're coming close, you're going to be. Surrender the route phase method. Yeah. Right. And then the last thing that I read about this in this regard of interdiction was that when a unit is routing, they can take, um, what's the term here? Hold on. Let me just look at this. Okay, the, the routing unit can combine their movement factors in order to enter a hex. So, for instance, a routing unit routing through a, a hex that has a foxhole can route one to enter that hex. Or two. Or two to go under the foxhole. Correct. And he doesn't have to take, he, he's not interdicted in that case. That is correct. Because he's moving directly into the foxhole. And, but that's. Where normally a unit in the movement phase. Is pays one to enter the hex and then another to get into the foxhole. And can be shot at and in can the be open shot ground, which is why I hate foxholes so right. much, because it seems like you dig them out in front of a woods and then you can't get anyone back into them right. if anyone routes out of them because you've got to take the open ground shot. But the now, good thing about them is if so you that set them up correctly different for, for, for routing. For routing. For routing, you can weird. use them as a way to route without getting interdicted. Correct. Like shell holes, which you always can use that way, even right. when you're moving, right? Shell holes, you can always pay the two to enter, two to enter, not 
take the neg, yeah. which is what you do in the Red Barricades and all those kinds of games. Yeah. But I know there there have been a number of scenarios I've played over the years where my side will get some foxholes, and I'll think, what in the world am I going to Why did they give me these foxholes? I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Well, this actually might be a good place oh. to set up a way for units to, to route, route safely without being interdicted against. Correct. Might be a way for them to get Connect, out, of the, out of the buildings that they're in. building we just yes. described, or corner woods hex. Right. Put them in the dirt road. Yeah, make a route path as you... Yes. Where heavy leaders, especially with the Russians, put that in the dirt street between the two buildings. That way you can get across. Right. Not get shot yes. up. Yes. And I guess that's another one where if you had Never. forethought and you had enough troops to do it, you could actually spend some time having somebody entrench. And I don't know. Have you ever played a game where you put some squads to work entrenching, digging foxholes? Yes. The you Russians, because they get that bonus. Okay. Especially if they're sitting back... Like in the end game sector, second, kind of twiddling their thumbs. Yeah, secondary position. Oh yeah, have them dig in. Yeah, I've done it occasionally, but not much. Yeah, it's all the time. And you notice how I said that with conviction. <laughs> you I did. Said it very, yeah. I oh, said yeah. it very entrenchingly. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so is it a true statement, or you? Yeah. Point a leg. You do. A lot I of do. entrenching, especially with the Russians. Oh yeah. Good. Because you know, last times it could be a lot of times maybe the a last ditch effort, so to speak. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And, and there's always, um, yeah. It seems like there's always these places you want to connect. You yeah. know, there is. There's like, oh, here's a couple of buildings, and oh, they just that open ground in between there. You know, otherwise it'd be like a straight line across a defensive yeah. position. And when you're playing red barricades, and they're giving you all these entrenchments, you know, it's easy to get that done. But yeah. in those games where they're not, yeah, you can set back far and start digging in. Yeah. And plus, back to your question, I think the foxholes, it's just like ASL version of whack-a-mole. It just yeah, it is, it up yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yep. So that's my little, that's what I discovered about interdiction, and I'm going to look at it much differently in the future. And not just, not just categorically avoid it because I was told that you could six get years ago that, you... I'm, that I should never do it. It means I'm a lazy, no-good bum. <laughs> and I'm a lazy, no-good bum, but I've got a lot of other, other reasons. It's not because of this. So there we go. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. Is that going to about wrap a show up? Dennis, do you have any that other is. comments you'd like to make I do before not. you go, sir? Thank you for inviting me into the sanctum here. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Very happy to have you. We'll yeah, be sure to get coming. your – we'll post some pictures unless you're – are you on the witness protection program still? I can neither confirm nor deny that it may or okay. may not be on <laughs> okay. witness protection. All right. Well, we'll take a picture of you and, uh, and post that with our show notes. And these, hand, <laughs> these nice counters. All right. Well, thanks very much for joining us. I hope you will next time you're in town. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And Dave? Remember to um, roll low. And and rally well. But But not when when you're playing us. us, Or Dennis. Or me. And clink and drink. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Ah, Clink. There you go. Bye, everybody. Shake your soda ice. Use the